Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I am originally from California, but now I am living in beautiful Wuhan, China. Today with me is Bebe. Hey, hi, Jason. I want to pay condolences to the children killed and the families affected by the mass shooting and tragedy at the elementary school in Texas in the United States of America. This episode was recorded and produced before this tragedy, but it is time to say something instead of only saying enough is enough. 19 children and two adults were killed in the shooting at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, about 85 miles west of San Antonio. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. We have serious things to talk about today. Let's bring it on. I want to title it something like are mass shootings now part of American culture, which is a wow. sad thing. And the reason I bring it up in this way is because it's not just that there are shootings, but some of the statistics are frightening. OK, is that new? Because I know we, you know, we've talked about this topic, but like, did you discover something new? Well, I don't know if it's new to the world. It was new to me mm. because I, I, I was always aware that, you know, it seemed like every couple few weeks I heard about some kind of shooting. There was uh, uh, some statistics that really frightened me. I was on CNN.com. This is uh, this came out last at the end of last year, and it's called Mass Shooting hmm. Fast Facts. And they projected that there were about three mass shootings a day. So, you know, we hear about them periodically every few weeks or every month. They're in the news cycle. Hmm. But you don't I don't think people realize how common and every day they are across the United States at this point. I think years ago, at least pre-pandemic, we will hear about this every few years. Mm. Maybe it just didn't make it into the news so much. And there are a few of these cases that everybody knows, mm -hmm. right? But over the past few years, it has become so frequent that, you know, it, it's like people are almost used to hearing about it. But of course, that's not right. Um, but it's it's becoming more frequent. And I'm not too sure if it's because of more reporting, um, more accessible information, or the number of cases are actually also going up. I think it's possible that's the case. It's probably going up mm. because of, you know, the economy not doing as well mm. and the pandemic and just people struggling. It, yeah, there was there were an increase since about 2020, 2021. There increased not only in anti-Asian hate crimes, but there's also an increase in mass shootings. So, yes, you're absolutely right. You're, that prediction turns out to be well-founded. And in fact, there are more mass shootings now than ever before. Mm. And it's accelerated just recently. Okay. Where do you guys, like your parents, they still live in California? My mom. Los Angeles? My mom lives in uh, the Central Valley, which, uh, and there are lots of guns there, but it's, you know, I don't feel like where she lives is one of the places that this, this is um, going to happen. I, but you never know. I guess this could happen anywhere. I think a lot of people are taken off, are very surprised by the, mm. the, suddenly this is in the ba their backyard. This is in their community. And this is happening to community after community mm. where people didn't expect this to happen. And, and it's just showing up everywhere. I'm pretty sure I said this in the show before, but for all those years that I lived in the States, I never really thought mm. about it. There were, of course, you know, mm. the school shootings that we heard about. Mm -hmm. 
But that's like, you know, major news. It's not something I related into everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's been over a decade since I left. I mean, I go back to visit. I didn't really think about it. It's been already three years since I went back. But now I think about it, I, I'm pretty sure that like our neighbors uh, where we lived, um, they probably have guns because um, they were like police officers. Mm. So, I mean, they were sane mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm who uh, use guns as, you know, protection. And I heard that I have a cousin there in the States, in another state, and he has like one or two. I mean, he's like into that kind of stuff. He thinks it's like, he views this as a piece of artwork. Mm. Um, But also, you know, for self-protection he lives in maryland and somehow he thinks that it's um uh you know it's safer it never really made sense to me how having guns make things safer because i feel like it, it just makes things worse you know um because someone has a gun and then other people feel like they have to have guns mm-hmm, to protect mm-hmm. themselves but it's not really very good protection it you know hopefully you scare other people off but then you're probably within shooting distance anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I I just don't feel good about this. And but. yeah, and also like if they are truly mentally deranged, which I if you run into a mall and start shooting people, obviously you're not mentally healthy. Mm. If you have a gun, maybe you can do- <laughs> You can kill that person, but still they're going to keep shooting at you whether you have a gun or not. So like mm. it, it's just more people with guns shooting at other people. I, I also don't feel like right. the solution is more guns. That's my opinion. I'm not trying to mm-hmm. uh, berate anyone with different opinions, but it doesn't feel like filling the country to the brim with guns and giving guns to school teachers is going to solve the fact that oh the, the reality because that. Yeah, that is a talking point among people who love guns. Oh Let's give guns to all the school teachers then if one of the students goes crazy this teacher can shoot the student which is insane like in my opinion oh my gosh that is anyhow you know we since we've talked about this a few times i thought a little bit more about Mm. gun control Mm. because i think the last few times we talked about this we sort of ended where you know we said it's a great problem Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. we can't find a solution Right. It's like nobody has really found a great solution for this problem in the United States. Mm -hmm. And then when I thought more about it, I realized that it's not that this problem can't be solved. Mm -hmm. Um, It's because of the system the country is in. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Because of the system Mm -hmm. in which people, they can't agree to solve this problem together. Mm -hmm. Because if it's just the gun problem, don't you think there is a solution? Right. If we have less guns. Let's say we we buy them back or use some other ways to uh, pull them off mm-hmm. the society. That is a solution, mm-hmm. right? I agree. So it's not that we don't have a solution. It's that we can't agree to solve this problem together. Mm-hmm. Now, because in that culture, in that society, some people consider guns as a problem. Mm-hmm. Like people, a lot of people having guns as a problem. But then another segment of the society or uh, like, you know, groups, they think that having guns is a freedom mm-hmm. that people should have. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Right. You can't make people agree that this is a problem we need to tackle together. Yeah. Because once you agree, you can solve this problem. Mm-hmm. So that goes to the inherent flaw of uh, Western democracy. Mm-hmm. I know I'm touching on a sensitive nerve for a lot of people, but mm-hmm. I'm just really just, uh, you know, expressing my own thought, my mm-hmm. own logic behind my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, because supposedly in that system, everyone's rights should be fully respected yeah. and they all have uh, influence in 
in a way, I mean, I'm saying idealistically, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. They should have, they should all have uh, the rights to influence political decisions. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's uh, they're the political policies that you favor might be far from being implemented, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Even if the one you voted for uh, actually becomes the president. And also when it comes to rights, personal rights, mm-hmm. they often conflict, right? I have the right mm-hmm. for this and you have the right for that. And they don't always agree. Mm-hmm. So I think what's the solution, right? This is an inherent flaw of that whole system. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was thinking how the same thing would go here in China. And I was thinking... If, let's say, we are going to have a discussion mm-hmm. on whether or not we have guns, we should have guns, or whether or not we should not have guns in China. Now, not a lot of people would be interested in whether or not we should not have guns, because it's like given, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you don't need to mm-hmm. convince uh, most of the Chinese people that we should not have guns in the society. I think you're not only right about China, I think you're right about the vast, vast, vast majority of countries around the world. Mm. Like you don't see like, you know, people in France, you know, like trying to get guns into everyone's hands or Italy or like Norway or Germany or this is a very uniquely American problem. Mm. And you look at all of the other developed countries around the world and people are not running around like cowboys Mm. shooting each other, essentially. So I think you're right. This is a this is a problem. You know, there are legal ways to like uh, solve this problem. Mm-hmm. They, the United States would have to have something called a constitutional convention mm. where they would have to have an overwhelming majority of people to actually change the, the constitution. So mm. it is possible to actually change the second amendment, which is the one that allows people to have guns. Mm-hmm. But you're right. There's such a large divide politically that it's impossible to do that. Right. And, um, you know, I thought more about this and especially, you know, when it comes to China, I really appreciate one thing about China. And I think this makes a lot of things a lot easier, be it gun control Mm -hmm. or let's say uh, people's attitude or values regarding drugs or like porn or anything that the society would consider so negative that like no more discussion is needed, right? Um, and I think it really helps that in, in, in China, in the Chinese society, there is a cultural network that just about everyone is connected to mm-hmm. uh, because this cultural background or network was formed over like thousands of years. Um, this, the values that this carries, you know, it's like this net that offers nutrient and water consistently but the root of all this was from the ph- philosophy, uh, the values that people have, you know, uh, believed in for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. So there is a consensus in some of these basic values, right? For example, one is um, you put life first. Mm-hmm. You know, in the States, people talk about human rights all the time. But then when certain things happen, it seems like other things takes precedent yeah. um, over the importance of, of you know, life. You know, mm-hmm. in case of gun control, people put freedom, or some people put freedom over safety and yeah. um, the value of lives. You're right. Um, when it comes to the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, it's the same thing. Now, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's probably very obvious. It has become obvious, right, over the past few years. Um, and in mm-hmm. China, 
I think we we take it a bit more literally, right? Because a lot of sacrifices have been made mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that you know a minimum people would be affected by the pandemic um, through the disease. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. other areas of life will yeah. be impacted to um, make sure that the, the pandemic is under control. Mm-hmm. So there are real sacrifices that people make um, to put life first. Mm-hmm. And when I say life, it's not just people. Under 80 years of age, right? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. life in all ages. Yeah. Um, because at this stage of the pandemic, um, as from what I heard, right, the virus is a little bit weaker than at the beginning. And for most young people without basic health problems, um, things should be okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, things are still um, under, you know, control over here when it comes to pandemic because, hey, there are millions of old people well, can I add right? to that? And, and, and young people. Because sure. I 100% agree with you. Living here in China during this period and looking at Western media talking about China, I am so perplexed at like the poor level of journalism Mm -hmm. that exists in the West and their understanding of what China is trying to Mm. accomplish. And it is really like vexing. Don't understand giant media names. I I don't know if I'm allowed to name them, Mm. but like huge names in Mm -hmm. media in the UK and America are completely dead wrong about so many aspects of what China is doing. Mm. Because, you know, the United States, there is more than 1 million dead and there are 330 million Americans. And China Mm. has 1.4 billion people. So if China were to follow the same, like, route that America did, we're talking about four to five million dead people. Mm. And somehow like mainstream media in the US is like, you should just like let people live. No, what are you talking about? You're talking about you want to send four to five million people Mm. to their deaths so that you can like what go to go get a sandwich with no mask on or something. Mm. This is insane. I don't understand how they can say that they are the champions of human rights when they don't even let people live. It's it's ludicrous in my mind. So, I mean, even for us who have been living in China, I think we have a more realistic understanding of what putting mm. life first uh, means. Because, you know, we have the same mm. thing in Chinese, right? Um, it's like you would, uh, everything else has to follow that, right? Mm. Um, that's the one in front of all the zeros in a way. Mm. And here they do put it in into practice. But in that process... Um, are there sacrifices? Yes, there are. And some a lot of times there are not pleasant ones, right? Mm. The medical workers have to work really hard. Mm. Like uh, I think there's some uh, probably mass testing mm-hmm. of uh, what do you call it? The acid test or whatever? The test. Yeah, the test. But yeah, yeah I've, I've been getting it like twice a week. It's not really that big of a deal. In my community, we go down, I'm standing in line. 15 minutes later, I'm back in my house. It's like right. not a really big sacrifice to save other people's lives. Exactly. And your own, right? Yeah. So when it comes to, let's say, safety and putting life first, there will be some discussions as to how strict things should be, uh, especially for like, say, different uh, um, cities and localities because things can be a little different. But in general, like when it comes to these really important things, there are not as many conflicts and discussions um, in the Chinese society because people just understand. Yeah. And that understanding come from, I think partly at least come from the cultural networks. And in this culture, um, you know, the basic values, you, you truly value life. And that means mm. every life counts. Even if this life is over 100 years mm-hmm, old, mm-hmm. you know, they if you uh, at the very beginning, 
there were patients over 100 years old <laughs> and they survived mm -hmm. the uh, the COVID-19 at the very beginning. And it was like uh, everybody was like celebrating it online. It was it was such a glimpse of hope, you know, mm. to know that someone over 100 years old could survive this virus. And of course, she went through um, the what do you call it? The treatment right in the hospital mm -hmm. under professional, um, you know, with professionals mm. and also another basic value that. Um, over a billion people share is we value community um, and unity over um, individual needs. Mm -hmm. Now, of mm -hmm. course, not in the extreme sense, right? We live our lives as normal people do. Uh, but when it comes to special times like this, you give in a little bit mm -hmm. of your freedom. Like you give in half an hour of your time mm -hmm. to get mm -hmm. a test, right? So we make sure that we screen out people who are positive. Um, that's the sacrifice you make. Is it a big deal? I mean, it can get a little annoying, but it's not that big a deal, right? Mm. So that we, you don't like, you don't need to spend a lot of time convincing people to go get mm. tested. Um, and also something else that contributed to this, I think it goes back to uh, the root of all these values, and that is uh, ancient Chinese philosophy. Mm -hmm. And I'm not too sure how, you know, into philosophy you are, because I know you love to read too. Um, I have a minor in philosophy. Really? Okay, but Western yeah. or... Other uh, that's strange. You mentioned that I, I did notice when I was in university that all the philosophy, like the philosoph the philosophy classes were about Westerners. So yeah, mm. uh, most I, I have studied some since I've got here. I've read the Tao Te Ching a few times. I read the Art mm -hmm. of War a couple of times, and mm. I've read about Confucius. But, uh, you know, not as much as I should have. Probably. Um, I've read just a little bit like the introduction because it gets really difficult, especially the Chinese text. But something I've noticed, I took like one course in Western philosophy mm -hmm. and it was a lot about being logical. Mm -hmm. Right. It was a lot about thinking straight, have a very clear mind. But when I started reading Chinese philosophy, it was all about, it was basically all about what humans should be like. Mm. Discussions on what humans should be how humans should act uh, on our own and in relation to other people. Mm -hmm. Now, there's it's a very clear difference, like a different focus. Like in Chinese, no matter if it was uh, the Confucianists, uh, the Taoists, the Buddhists, and also the legalists and other, you know, mm -hmm. categories, they were all concerned about uh, how we should be and how we should behave. Mm -hmm. So you do you see the emphasis here? Yeah. I, when I was reading Mengzius, a lot of that is exactly what you're talking about. Right. Um, or Mengzi. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Mengzi. So these ancient sages, you know, they spend all this time, I don't know, sitting by a river or in a cave somewhere. <laughs> I'm not too sure. But they thought hard, hard, long and hard about what we should be like, what mm -hmm. an ideal human being and an ideal or close, closer to ideal human society should be like. Mm -hmm. And these are very uh, applicable. Is that right? Yeah. Like they can be applied into yeah. everyday living, even to this day. And their influence have, you know, carry over even to this day. Mm -hmm. It's not so much about um, how to think about each individual mm -hmm. action, mm -hmm. you know, whether or not it's logical or things like that. It's really about how, how to be. It's, um, um, for example, the we all have the term saints, mm -hmm. right, in both Western culture and Chinese culture. In, in Chinese, it's called shengren. Mm -hmm. That's called saints. Now, this term in the Chinese, in Chinese culture, though, is non-religious mm -hmm. when when we say because saints i think in western culture that's you know people are almost like they're not human right they're like uh, almost supernatural 
in a way. Yeah, because they have to, in, in Catholicism, they're supposed to perform three miracles. Ooh, okay. But the saints in Chinese culture, they are humans. Mm, mm. But they're humans with such more high moral uh, standards that they are considered like above normal humans. Mm. They're, they're respected for uh, how they behave, how benevolent and how kind and understanding they are to other people. So that is our understanding of saints. And there are famous saints, uh, saints as empress. They are respected even to this day because of, you know, what, how considerate they were of their own people, how they governed mm -hmm. and um, how they lived their own lives. And these saints have been, in a way, idols mm -hmm. in the Chinese uh, society all throughout history. Mm -hmm. And it's very important, uh, especially as I'm, you know, raising a kid on my own, to for the society to have, you know, the, I won't say the right idols, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Right. There's no one type of idols. Um, but who are the heroes, the idols, the saints in a society? And that has a huge influence on mm -hmm. a, soci mm -hmm. a society's culture. And you can talk. I'll go grab a book because I want to share that book with you a little bit later. <laughs> Well, I actually want to talk a little bit about uh, something that's tragic in relation to this and bring it around. So I want to quote another statistic that I read in preparing for this, and that is that guns have become the leading cause of death among children and teens in 2020. So since the year 2020, like vehicle crashes, drug overdoses, cancer, any kind of disease you can think about, they are now second or third or fourth. And the leading, and it's not suicide, it's homicide. So we're talking about children killing other children is as a consequence of like the gun laws and the way that mm. this is being allowed to grow disproportionately out of control. I feel like Americans have to come to a reckoning and realize that this is happening. And, uh, you know, you're talking about ancient philosophy and how still relevant. Yeah. And mm. how it borrows from its own culture and history. And I think you do make very, very good points that the American system is very young mm. and the American system has a lot of, um, excessive amounts of pride about a system mm. and trying to force other people to adopt it when the reality is they have a lot of refining left to do. Right. And it gets very confusing because no one really likes being forced, you know, anything to be forced upon them. Mm. Um, it, it, I think we all know that our own systems are not perfect, given any country, right? I don't think any country has found mm. the perfect way of organizing humans, <laughs> human societies. Mm. Um, but, it, you know, even if changes have to be made, it's, it's you know, um, it's made internally, mm -hmm. right? Because we know the details. And it, it's been very odd for other people to keep telling you. You got it wrong. Hey, we have the right way of doing things. It's like, mm, mm, mm. Um, I don't know. It's just this action itself is it's just seem very odd to us. Um, and also the book I wanted to mention, mm -hmm. since we were talking about philosophy, is it's named Taking Back Philosophy, mm -hmm. a Multicultural Manifesto. And it's by Professor Brian W. Van Norden. Mm -hmm. um, and in very, very early episode, uh, episodes of The Bridge like last year, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, we talked about this book a bit. And in this book, as you mentioned, you know, when people study philosophy, let's say in the university in the United States, yeah. it's mostly Western philosophy yeah. as, as if that's the only philosophy that exists. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, in fact, that is 
uh, I mean, it's one slice of the pie, but it's not like the whole chunk. You're absolutely right. right. There are so many other um, categories of, of philosophy. You know, there's Asian, of course, and African and South American. People live in different areas, mm -hmm. have different environment, mm -hmm. different cultures, but they all think about how to live our lives. And they have maybe uh, different takes, um, but I think we all agree that we think about this so that people can live better lives, mm -hmm. right? So I, I, this book is telling people that we need to start paying attentions to how other people, the wisdom from other cultures. Mm. Um, I mean, on Amazon, this uh, I want to talk a little bit about this book, um, this introduction of Taking Back Philosophy. It's asking, are American colleges and universities failing their students by refusing to teach the philosophical traditions of China India, Africa, and other non-Western cultures. Mm -hmm. So this biting and provocative critique of American higher education says yes. Basically, that's the case. Mm -hmm. And I think the American society and, you know, the younger generation will benefit so much from opening up their minds to see how other people, the wisdoms from other cultures and how they live and just broaden mm -hmm. the idea of philosophy. Well, can I add to that? So much more. There, sure. There's an academic work that is very popular among like graduate students that called Provincializing Europe. And this book actually talks about exactly what you're talking about, and that the United States, uh, oh, I guess Western. So he's talking about Europe and the United States. He often says Euro-American in the book mm. need to put down the tradition, the recent tradition, the last century or two of traditions of only reading their own ideas mm. and start looking around the, the world. Mm. And, he, and this is part of a, a movement called post-colonialism, which is actually very popular right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that the universities in the last decade or so are really going through some fundamental changes in how they represent, this is a very popular word right now, mm. represent other cultures and other ideas. And a lot lot of departments at some of the best universities are only just now in the last five, 10 years, mm -hmm. really beginning to restructure some of their programs to include more global ideas. Mm. The problem with this is that it's late oh. and uh, that it's going to usually something like this takes a few decades before it impacts right. society deeply because the most mm. cutting edge ideas in a university take a while to diffuse to the general population. So mm -hmm. while or you're, while the smartest people and, and, you know, the most academic people, the most nerdy people, I should say, are really <laughs> starting to realize that they need to reflect back up and branch out into the rest of the world. Most people who are not academically minded are not going to see the effects of that for another generation. Um, and I think another problem that the American society has to deal with is that it it is has been so preoccupied with materialism, mm, mm, mm. with financial success, like overwhelmingly preoccupied with this one aspect of human life that it has not had a lot of time to think about the other aspects, right? The philosophical, the psychological, and the uh, spiritual. I mean, there. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, right? It, it they exist, but I think they could have a better uh, play, a greater part in more people's lives, so that our lives get a little bit more balanced. Mm. We should spend time thinking about how humans should live, instead of just thinking about what's the next thing I'm gonna get, mm. or thinking about how much more money you know can I make. These are important questions, but it can't just 
can't be our only preoccupations. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, I, I chose to come back to China. Because I felt this preoccupation with um, with money, with status, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with um, just materialism, with glittering things, with fancy things, right? Mm. Um, that I thought this just just it's totally out of balance. And coming back to the question I asked earlier, who are the idols and who are the heroes in a society? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, it's also the case that a lot of people. Um, in China, they uh, adore, not adore, but they think, you know, they want to be the rich and successful. Yeah. Right. They want to be the madly rich mm-hmm. and they want to they want to get rich fast. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like that. Mm. But then there are also other elements, other um, mainstreams. We can also call par- maybe there are parallel mainstreams mm-hmm. in the society yeah. where they also highly value and respect the idealistic, the passionate, you know, the people who can transcend materialism and people who can transcend uh, individualism um, for people who can, who live for a greater purpose mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, than just make sure they live a good life in this life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there is, there is true admiration and respect for people who are like that. Mm-hmm. Those are the heroes um, in the Chinese society. I mean, there are the idols and there are the heroes. For example, like the taikonauts or mm-hmm. Chinese yeah. astronauts yeah. who just came back, right? They are the heroes, m- very much respected in a, in our society. And the same is probably true in the States. Um, I'm not too sure if it's in this day and age, uh, you know, astronauts. Are- I don't feel like, I feel like astronauts are not as popular as they once were mm. in the United States, which is really sad. But yeah, I'm really happy that the uh, first female Taikonaut mm. is from Yantai, oh. where my wife is from. Yay. Go Yantai! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some details here. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I wanted to share that, you know, maybe we should spend a little bit more time thinking about who mm. are the heroes and idols of our society? Yeah. Because that's what our kids are going to look up to. You know, if the idols are fancy, I don't know, like uh, entertain entertainment stars. Yeah. Uh, wearing very little, but driving like cars uh, covered with diamonds. I, yeah, I completely agree with you. And then that's, they will think naturally that, oh, you know, that is a good life. That's what society, that's what society expects of me. If I want to succeed in this right. society, I need to look like that person on television. But there's so many other choices. Yeah. Who has like a seven bedroom house with three swimming pools and two Jaguars. That should be me. Wait, only seven? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, 17. You know, I, I forget I forget what it's like to be in America. <laughs>
So um, I'm not too sure how we uh, got from mass shooting to what we're talking about now, but I'm sure it's related somehow. Somehow. <laughs> um, I think I was talking about this, uh, this cultural network that I find so helpful. Um, and also, you know, something that I didn't think about earlier, uh, maybe like, say, a few years ago. Because in the past four decades, you know, a lot of people were looking up to the Western, you know, developed countries, right? How, you know, people in the States lived. Mm. Wow, everyone has a single house with um, a nice yard and how they shop and eat. Says says Hollywood. Yes, says Hollywood. Says Hollywood. Exactly. But that's not the reality of the situation. Yeah. Or, you know, Western um, countries with their great mountains and ski resorts. That's what, you know, people in China thought of uh, Western developed countries. And mm. of course, we looked at that, looked up to that and wanted to be there. And now decades later, I mean, the living standards in China have, you know, have gone so much higher mm. that we are much closer to that mm -hmm. so now it doesn't feel like a stretch um and now at this rather special and confusing time in human history um we start to see another not really a problem but another situation where i seem to realize that in the states you know the living standards have actually they, they are in general mm -hmm. on average mm -hmm. much higher than most human yeah. need you know there are a lot of actually a lot of waste going on and then so the we start to see deeper social problems mm -hmm. or deeper mm -hmm. mental problems that people have. Because in the past, it was like in the past, we thought once you have enough money, mm. once you are rich enough, you're all set. But now looking at what's been happening in, let's say, the United States and probably other countries, we realize that mm -hmm. like money can solve all your problems. And if you've been going after wealth all the time, you're going to end up with some other problems that money can't solve. You're right. There is a huge mental health problem in the United States. And I think it's not just related to like, you know, finally gaining access, but I, there are a lot of really deep problems in American culture. You're talking about how media represents how should people should be. And if you listen to a lot of you know, music and watch a lot of movies and play a lot of video games. And I know a lot of people are going to be angry. Mm. Like there's a lot of violence in movies, in video right. games, in music. And the United States has something like, I don't know, 1500 military bases around the world mm. across 140 something countries. And like the, we spend $813 billion on the military a year at this point. I mean, I think you know, the way that the United States is managed generally across a lot of different fields shows that some of the quote unquote freedoms may not be good for people. And actually, the mm -hmm. United States is really becoming uh, a model of what is not an appropriate way and how a country mm. should not be managed. Mm. Oh, gee, <laughs> I, I hope you when you go back to the States, they can still allow you in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want you to get stuck in an airport and think, oh, you are on the blacklist. <laughs> I'm not I'm not on a minority opinion here. There's you know, there are tens of millions of other Americans who feel the same way, who also protest a lot of against a lot of these things and and, mm. and feel that the way that the manner in which the United States is, you know, manifesting itself these last 10, 20, 30, 40, even longer, depending on what we're talking about mm -hmm. years is not an appropriate way mm -hmm. for people to be to, to live and so i, I right and it's not just me it's not it's actually out of the goodness in your heart right you want this country to be better yeah we my family lives mm -hmm. there I don't, i'm concerned about them 
legitimately. I'm concerned about other Americans. Mm -hmm. When I meet Americans here in China, we make friends right away. Mm. We're immediately like, oh, hey, what's up, my American friend? Mm -hmm. And we usually connect uh, based around Taco Bell or whatever. <laughs> but like, you know, it's it's not that I can't sit down and talk about this stuff in America with other Americans. It's just mm -hmm. that the political will is not there. It doesn't exist. The way that the government is is functions is not suitable to addressing a lot of these problems. And I think a lot of these problems go down to basic structures, some inherent structures of um, the Western democracy and the whole society. So just like gun control, um, you go down to that, the root of the problem, and you feel like that can't be solved, mm. right? Because you're going to be, uh, you can't agree on solving the problem. Um, whereas here in China, because of this, like people, when they think of China, they think, oh, they have a, a controlling government. Um, so, you know, they can get certain things done. It's it's not that, <laughs> you know, we can get things done. For example, we can pull our resources to uh, build up infrastructure and we can pull all sources efforts in trying to contain um, the pandemic, not because we have a controlling government. It's mostly because people are willing to cooperate. You know, even if you have a mm, uh, mm. extremely controlling government, if the people are not cooperating, you're going to you're going to have more trouble, mm, right? Mm. You're going to be fighting the people who are fighting you instead right. of fighting the virus or fighting uh, fighting guns. So here the things work is because we pull our efforts together. We're willing to do this, uh, both the government and the people are willing to solve problems together. And I think that's uh, why, uh, you know, these things can be done because they're such huge scale mm. and it takes so much for things uh, to move things in the right direction. If people are not saying yes and nodding and, and feeling like that's the right thing to do, it's going to be so chaotic. You can't even imagine it. So I, I think a lot of people got this wrong. Yeah, you're right. Yes. Absolutely. 100% people got this wrong. The, what the mainstream media in the United States says about China is often a very gross misrepresentation of how China is functioning internally. Mm. And it's very frustrating that that is the case. So actually, I want to quote a study done by Harvard. Mm -hmm. This was according to polling in July of 2020 uh, from the Ash Center at Harvard's Kennedy School of Government. 95% satisfaction with the Beijing government is, exists among citizens. Mm -hmm. So this is not a poll conducted by China mm -hmm. amongst its own citizens. This is a poll conducted by Harvard University, an American, the best American university. And they are saying that 95% of Chinese people are overwhelming satisfied mm. with the Chinese central government. Right. Uh, the same the same school from 2003 to 2016, Harvard's Kennedy School also surveyed people based on provincial township mm. and found and during that time there was 93% satisfaction with the central government and 82% satisfaction with provincial governments in China. Mm -hmm. That America has never had and any administration enjoy that much overwhelming love from its people. So, mm -hmm. you know, like what the mainstream media always tries to portray China is this like gloomy, dark place where <laughs> the gov central government is making everyone do whatever they want. But if you come to China and talk to Chinese people that live here, they overwhelmingly do love right. what the central central government is doing and, and how they are handling And they'll think things. what they say is ludicrous. Like, why would, wh how government, like, how big would a government be if you want to control everybody? Mm. Like, have people ever thought about that? <laughs> it takes a lot of energy uh, to control others, right? Mm. I mean, as a parent, I know this. <laughs> and 
even a one-on-one is exhausting. Can you imagine trying to control over one billion people? Like you will literally have this half controlling the other mm, half. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Or else, how how do you get this done? You think you can just tell people to、uh, do this, do that, and then they will do it? People have their own wills, right?、Mm. They have things they want to do. You need to. You you can't force people to do everything. Either they want to do it with you, or you know they see the reasoning in why you want to do this, and they choose to cooperate with you.、Mm. That's your solution.、Mm. It, it's not about forcing. Somehow, I think a lot of people think in China, people the government forces people to do a lot、mm. of things. That's not how you work. Because even if it is practically, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It would you would literally have like eighty percent of the people controlling the twenty percent,、uh. <laughs> <laughs> or else it just can't be done. So please, guys, you know, think in, think practically.、Mm. You know, people are not easy to control. As I said, one important reason why it's easier for things to、uh, for people to work together is because of this cultural network. You know, we grew up sharing these、uh, same basic values.、Mm. We don't we don't spend energy discussing whether or not we should have drugs or guns、yeah. or porn. You know, out there. We it just we don't want to spend energy talking about that. We have other practical matters to take care of, and when it comes to governing or governance, we want to leave the things responsibilities that you know we can't handle on our own to the government. And you know, I we think they are the professionals, right? Like building roads, building schools, or、um, international affairs. We don't want to deal with that, <laughs> right? I'm、yeah. I'm busy living my life. You know, the government. You take care of that. <laughs> Talk about this just from like a cultural perspective for a moment.、Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before, and I think it needs to be pressed into people's minds that we're living outside of China. When I, when we are walking around in China, even at night, even you know, at, and when there's no moon and like you're under a bridge, it's safe.、Mm. Like you don't ever feel like my life is threatened because the community I am in is like you know. 
not well off and people are going to take advantage of me. It just doesn't happen. Like muggings and that kind of stuff don't happen because people don't have guns Mm. and people don't have this culture of like the culture is so different. And like the outlook on on life is so different that these problems that exist so bad that it's become the number one like cause of death among teenagers and children in the United States. This doesn't even exist here at all. Right. It's um, as you said, we don't want to spend energy. (laughs) Right. Um, basic issues like that for us that's like a basic issue i mean in chinese news if there is like um a gunshot anywhere like the whole country will yeah. probably know about <laughs> it the next day or pretty immediately because someone will catch that on their cell phone mm. right and post that online and it's just it, it's extremely uncommon mm. and we like and the thing is we like it this way you know we we understand um the freedom there, there should be limits to freedom. Now, especially as parents, we know that, you know, freedom sounds like a great word. <laughs> but if you cross the line, that could be your death. Hmm. Seriously. What's interesting, actually, you mentioned that. See, even in the United States, they have limits to freedom. So, for example, it is illegal to right. stand in an extremely crowded place and scream fire when there is, in fact, no fire. So, like, uh-huh. that technically, First Amendment protects your right to stand in an extremely crowded place, like a movie theater, for example, and scream fire when there's no fire. Mm. Because you're going to cause people to get trampled and maybe someone will die. Right. And so, right. th- this is Ill- illegal. So, the problem isn't freedom. Because, you know, I, fe- I feel free here. Actually, th- let me give you some examples <laughs> right. before I continue. I can walk around with like a beer in public and the police will see me and just be like hey how's it going (laughs) like if you're in the united states and you walk around with a beer the police are gonna arrest you or at least take your beer away and give you a fine or something why so like because it's illegal to walk around in most states with it what would they call an open container meaning walking around in public with alcohol open and drinking it is illegal oh even though you're not driving yes even though you're not driving yeah why i i don't know oh i think it's just they don't want people to be publicly intoxicated So th- oh, okay. this is this is a crime. Mm. And so, in f- in fact, a lot of things in China that we take for granted, like the ability to walk around and drink it, drink. This mm-hmm. is not I'm not saying everyone, let's go all walk around and drink <laughs> alcohol. I haven't had an I haven't al- had alcohol in nine months, for example. Mm-hmm. But my point is, like, there's a lot of things that we can do in China that you that people back in the States cannot do. Mm. What is allowed is having guns mm-hmm. and some kinds of drugs. And in China, what's allowed are normal things and I can mm. go, I, I can say pretty much whatever I want in China. Mm-hmm. I, I Maybe I can't carry a sign chanting against something. Right. Like, But like, it does, like the freedom is different, but the freedom that's allowed here in China is normal, healthy, everyday kinds of living your life freedom. Mm. And whereas the kinds of freedoms, like freedom to carry around an assault rifle, <laughs> that's not, that shouldn't be normal. <laughs> that's, that's not a good thing. I don't want to live in a place where it's, you're free to carry like a machine gun in the street. Right. What is, what is that? And also, you know, you were mentioning, you know, in the States, uh, people value so much your right to say whatever you want to say. Right. Mm-hmm. And especially I think one thing that people are so proud of is you can say terrible things about the government mm-hmm. and the president in public mm-hmm. and not get into trouble. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, supposedly. OK. But the thing is, here in China, like. Normal people don't want to do that. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, even if you tell people that, hey, you know, uh, we encourage you say bad things about the government. 
and especially the president. I don't think many people will be interested. <laughs> <laughs> they will be like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. With like the Harvard right. reporting, 95% people like the central <laughs> government. That is not something people are interested in doing. Yeah. And also not just because, you know, they respect and like the central government because they're so responsible uh, and they hear the people. But also just uh, like in Chinese culture, we don't like open conflicts, mm, mm. right? For I give you one really simple example that maybe people in the West just don't simply don't know. Um, you know how election year, right? Yeah. You hear debates, yeah. uh, all these debates and eventually the presidential debate. Now, we think it's a great thing. See two grown adults just saying things about each other, <laughs> trying to bring the other person down. Mm. And in the in the West, you seem like, OK, that's, you know, that's that's a shining thing about our system. But here in China, it embarrasses us. <laughs> Open <laughs> conflicts embarrasses us, like especially for mm. important adult figures like you don't bicker in public like that. <laughs> mm, mm, and also just the whole um, political campaign about it's not just, you know, it seems like it's not just about saying good things about yourself, your party. It's also, you know, about saying bad things about the other party. Yeah. And we, we don't like that. Like in this culture, you don't do that <laughs> like in public and feel proud about it. So I think I really want Western societies to, to understand a little bit more. It's not just about politics. It's about the culture, how people like and don't like to do certain things in this culture. We like harmony. <laughs> I see what you're saying. And I completely agree with that. The idea of, right. of face and other cultural concepts here right. uh, are very, very, very different. I want to add a couple things as well, though. Sure. Like right now, the United States is reeling from people going online and saying extremely irresponsible, very derogatory things, using profanity and, 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 and even threatening to kill one another. Mm, gosh. And I think the United States may be just at a turning point where they realize they need to do something called real name verification. Mm. Which is like uh, something very popular in like Japan, South Korea, and some other countries around the world and Europe and stuff. Mm -hmm. This is where if you're online, um, in fact, you are you still. Mm. So you can't just name yourself the Mad Hatter and then go <laughs> say a bunch of terrible, terrible, terrible. I just made that up. Mm -hmm. You made say a bunch of terrible, terrible things about other people and encourage them to kill themselves or something crazy, which they do now. Mm. So mm. like it, it may be in the coming years and decade, there may be a lot more debate about this because even with the ability to say what you know people say whatever they want mm -hmm. on the internet because of the anonymity of not even being you mm -hmm. being whoever you're pretending to be mm -hmm. people are saying grotesque and inhuman things to one another they're, they're being irresponsible because they yeah. don't feel like they they will be held accountable for that to account exactly yeah. exactly well we we've been talking about <laughs> like heavy and deep things but i think these discussions are also helpful mm -hmm. and sometimes it's um it's quite surprising how um, like other cultures can miss really important things about like other people and cultures, mm. right? Uh, something that's held extremely valuable in one society might not be so welcomed in others. And I think we should, you know, respect that and that there are so many different ways to live. Well, I agree. And I want to add to that, too. You know, one of the one of China's foreign policies is uh, non-interference right. in the domestic affairs of other countries. Mm. So, like, if China gives a loan to another country, they don't say you need to change your internal policies, which is different from the World Bank and some other institutions where mm. they say, no, you need to do you need to change your government in X, Y and Z ways to qualify for this loan. Mm. China has a different perspective. They want to help grow the economy of that 
country right. and interweave it for the benefit of all people. Mm. But, you know, America is constantly like using its giant blowhorn to talk about how China should conduct its internal affairs. Mm. The, the difference is China actually is not interested in telling America how it should conduct its affairs. Yes, Chinese people are sometimes concerned that America is not mm -hmm. uh, maybe managing itself in a way that is appropriate. And that's like, oh, that's concerning. Mm. But also China is not also at the same time want to wave a finger at America and say, you really need to change your gun laws. <laughs> so like, you know, the difference is America is constantly actively trying to change other countries' internal affairs around the world. And China mm. is not. I mean, I hope hopefully we like to think that they're doing this out of goodwill. Right. Mm. Hoping that at least with good intentions. Mm. And also at the same time, I think a lot of uh, practical Chinese people would just ask, like, how do you have the energy to to care about so many things and to actually put things into action? Because, I mean, like China, it's it's a vast country with complicated uh, issues mm. and a you know, large population. Uh, to be honest, like if I were responsible for running a country, I've got enough of things to do on our own here, mm. right? Mm. I, I I don't think I have enough energy to <laughs> meddle in other people's affairs. Mm. Not that I don't care. I mean, I want the whole world to be peaceful and, yeah. and you yeah. know, prosperous, but there's only so much you can do and you should start with your own house, yeah. right? Be peace yourself. And then, you know, spread that peace to, to other people in other places. Mm, so, mm. but probably, you know, sounds <laughs> easier said than done. But anyhow, we say all this with good intentions. Absolutely, with good intentions. There's there's no, yeah. uh, we're not trying to shame any institutions into, uh, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I just want to add that, you know, it's not just China that, you know, you look around the world and we, I said this before, but I think it's really important mm. that there are many, many countries around the world where allowing people to carry guns wherever they want to carry them with is not a normal behavior right and given that the united states is one of the only countries in the world that allows people to carry guns around wherever they feel like it you know within within some kind of scope mm. and it's the only major country in the world with major gun crime mm. i think that connecting those dots is something more americans should do maybe one day you know people will enough people will get together and to solve this problem because as i you know, mentioned there are solutions. It's just whether or not mm. um, we can work together to implement those solutions. Mm. So, yeah. Well, sounds like we are important people, huh? Talking about all of this. Yeah. Well, for all of the fans listening, we'll try to have something more light and fun for you next time. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, this is an important issue to talk about. But mm. So thank mm. you. Thank you, our listeners, for your patience. And thank you, Jason. Thank you, and baby. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. See you next Bye, time. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.